The Big Money Music Hour is presented by Les Bourgeois Vineyards, located in Rocheport, Missouri. Les Bourgeois has been a mid-Missouri winery for more than three decades, with over 20 different wines ranging in style and sweetness. Les Bourgeois Vineyard wines are available at your local retailer and online at MissouriWine.com. Support also comes from Mount Nebo Inn and Guide Service, located across from Meriwether Cafe and the Katy Trail in Rocheport, Missouri. Mount Nebo Inn offers lodging, space for events, and boat-guided wine tours of the Missouri River. For more information, visit mountneboinn.com. Support also comes from Ozark Mountain Biscuit Company, offering southern-style sandwiches from their food truck and take-and-bake buttermilk biscuits in the freezer section of Columbia-area Hy-Vee's, Clover's, and The Root Cellar. More information at ozarkmountainbiscuits.com. And finally, the Big Money Music Hour is presented by Burr Oak Brewing Company. Located just 10 minutes from downtown Columbia, east on I-70, Burr Oak Brewing Company has a 15,000-square-foot space that makes social distancing while drinking a beer and having a pizza very much possible. For more information... Visit burroakbeer.com. Welcome to the Big Money Music Hour presented by Les Bourgeois Vineyards. I'm your host, Colin Laveau, the shameless voice, playing what's relevant music from the country of the Midwest and beyond. And this week's guest is John Galbraith, who we recently featured in our episode last week, The Best of the Quarantunes. John's song, I Am Essential, that we featured last week was actually the inspiration for the Best of the Quarantine special, and we had a great talk just the other day. We're going to get to my interview with him in a minute, but first, I'm going to play the second of two tracks that we tracked here at the Stomping Grounds uh, just last week, whenever we had John here. This is another one of his coronavirus-themed songs that he wrote recently, and we got a really good take, and if you like what you hear, make sure you go find the video that we posted on social media this week of this very performance. This is John Galbraith with Coronavirus Blues on the Big Money Music Hour. Sit inside these four walls, I got nothing left to do. Did all the laundry and all the dishes too. Can't turn on the TV, don't want to hear no bad news. Just don't you give me those coronavirus blues. Pick up my guitar and I play another song. And I don't mind too much if there's no one to play along. I can sit around here and do whatever I choose. Just don't you give me those coronavirus blues. I don't mind staying home, I rarely ever feel. 
That was Coronavirus Blues by John Galbraith on the Big Money Music Hour presented by Les Bourgeois Vineyards. And I have with me from a socially distant space, John Galbraith sitting across a uh, eight foot table from me at the Stomping Grounds where I've been recording the shows recently. Thanks for joining the Big Money Music Hour, John. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me. And John has been in the scene for as long as I can remember. The first acts that I remember you being in specifically and possibly even playing a show with, but at the very least having seen you play and see flyers out for was the Gold Bugs, right? Yeah. I think we we may have played a show together at the Blue Fugue before. The Blue Fugue, yep. Yeah, uh, with us in Decadent Nation, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you... I remember seeing you there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean... Goldbugs were kind of like a house band at the Blue Fugue almost, right? It seemed <laughs> we, like we, we started there on their Wednesday night new music nights and took us forever to get away from the Wednesday nights and actually play a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a rough and rowdy place. <laughs> Many storied tale from the Blue Fugue. <laughs> but, uh, what what actually is in that space nowadays? Is that Bridges? Is it Britches. That last time I walked by, that's Britches, the the Oops. yeah, one of those those uh fashion stores there on Ninth Street. Yeah, I think so. I hope they, I hope they fix the bathrooms, <laughs> <laughs> or at least got the smell out. <laughs> not very uh, not very appealing to a <laughs> to the the crowd that I would imagine looking for uh, fashionable wares in downtown Columbia. But for those of you that might not know, the Blue Fugue was a venue that was right there on Ninth Street. Just a few doors down from Booches, and um, I think near where uh, Silver Ball is at, and uh, it it there was a it was a tight space. It's smaller than what was Mojo's and now Rose Music Hall, but yeah, yeah I, I I do vaguely remember playing a show with the Gold Bugs back in the day. But you have been in so many acts, and even like your solo stuff, there's been so many different iterations of of John Galbraith, John Galbraith Trio, John Galbraith and the Broken Promises. Can you actually, like, from the top of your head, give me a rundown of all the different acts you've you've played in over the years? Uh, well, my bands, um, yeah, first it was the Gold Bugs when I first started playing out after my son got a little older and uh, tried to put a band together here again. 
So it's gold bugs, and then after that, it's probably the uh, I think Mondo, may maybe, and then uh, the Broken Promises probably started about that time, and then uh, we did the Grievances with the Mondo drummer, and um, then I think it's been JG3 after that. But there's been other other things besides that, like doing. Uh, duo gigs with my bass player sometimes and and different acts with various projects with steve onzager it seems yeah. like you're kind of one of his go-to yeah and i've been playing with uh two-bit steve and before that the wildcat daddies which is same band but they used to be rockabilly band and it changed the country so so and then i think we started as two-bit steve started as a duo with me and steve and then uh that was after the Wildcat Daddies, and then the Wildcat Daddies, the drummer and bass player, got uh, with us, and then it just became uh, honky-tonk country kind of stuff. On this most recent album that you've done as with John Galbraith Trio, which is titled uh, Everyday Nowhere, it's kind of a, a harder edge, it feels like, than even some of the more rock-oriented stuff that I've heard you come come out with in the past. It almost, there's, there's moments of it that really does remind me of uh, some of the edgier '90s alternative rock, you know, so like early Foo Fighters, even uh, oh, okay. thing, things of that sort that that, that uh, it's reminiscent of. Uh, tell me a little bit about Everyday Nowhere and uh, wh- how that album came about. Okay, it was. Um, I think this is a third one under the JG3 name, and I think uh, we did two with one drummer. Then we uh, we did an album all the little things with uh, John Thomas. And then so the Everyday Nowhere is our first album with uh, Peter Lemire. So he just started us, so we went with us, and then we wanted to get something together with him. And uh, the harder stuff might be, I don't know. It depends on what I was listening to when I wrote those some of those songs. Plus I got like a Byron uh, fuzz pedal or two. So that, that, <laughs> that may comes have, through. Yeah, that may have something to do with how the way it sounds. And when I say hard, it's not like you're, you you have your vocals are very melodic, um, so it's not like you're screaming over it. It's really just pretty much a, the tone of the guitar, but also some of the chord progressions are just kind of discordant uh-huh. and but also very <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I really really enjoy the new album. Oh, cool! I brought one for you. I don't know if 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 you want if you like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I still have a CD player in my truck. I still I still <laughs> um, I still spin CDs when I get them. I I dig it a lot. I really like uh, the title track every Everyday Nowhere. What was guitar your your first instrument and yeah. what when did you start playing? What what drove you to want to play music in the first place? I played when I was little as a kid and I, I knew like some I I I knew some chords and stuff and I'd strum and oh, I'd play a melody here but I didn't really know what to do with them. Didn't know what to do with the chords and stuff. And I'd play harmonica and stuff as a kid too, play melodies, melodies and stuff. But then um, I started playing, starting get, to get more serious about it. And when I started playing in church, at my dad's church, and I learned how to play by ear, how to, when to change chords by ear and stuff. And then at the same time, started playing like rock stuff, at learning rock songs and stuff. I had a friend that played bass in the church, and so we were always going back and forth. Uh, after church, we'd like show each other um, 
what rock songs we'd learned the week before and everything. And he'd show me stuff and I'd show him stuff. What other acts early on got you really excited about getting into music? Um, well, early on, I was, it was, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of hard rock stuff when I was a teenager. I was a teenage metalhead, so back then I played in a thrash metal band when I, was, when I was a teenager too. Around the same time as I played, well, in high school and when I played in like cover bands and stuff too. Um, so there was that. I liked Van Halen and and ACDC when I was a kid, teenager, and then in, later on, late teens, I get in stuff like Husker Du and Replacements and. Through the I, I I liked a lot of the um, alt country stuff in the '90s, the uh, Uncle Tupelo to Jayhawks and and stuff like that, and then a lot of stuff like that, the alt country stuff, Grand Parsons, Beatles, Grand Parsons, Birds, Jayhawks, and then uh, the Husker Du and Replacements, and then like stuff like Elliot Smith and yeah, Elliot Smith, <clears throat> I definitely find your stuff very reminiscent and particularly your acoustic stuff and also your singing style with oh, Elliot Smith, cool. which is great. And I always, I always see a post about Elliot Smith and I think you might be the only friend of mine that, really? that I see post about Elliot Smith that much. And wow. I feel like he's, he's an artist that isn't talking talked about enough nowadays because he is, was just, I don't know, his music was so emotive and so beautiful yeah. and really left an indelible impression upon me. And, you know, again, one of those artists that had a tragic life and a, a tragic yeah. end and left us way too soon. But um, he's he's someone that definitely deserves a, a cultural renaissance, in my opinion. Yeah. You ever played he's, in Elliot Smith stuff live ever? I'd love to hear you, hear you do an Elliot Smith song live sometime. No, I haven't. Um, I don't even think I've tried to learn one. I've strummed a little bit on maybe Waltz number three or something, but... I don't think I've ever. They they sound very hard, so that's probably <laughs> that's probably why I haven't ever played any. I think the first song I ever heard of his was uh, "Rose Parade." I think that was the first song I heard of his. And but yeah, he he's a big. I liked him a lot. I wouldn't call him an influence, but he, uh, it, it'd be nice if he influenced me. But something I liked a lot that like, stuff like Big Star, and uh, Richard Thompson and. Uh, Ron Sexsmith, Richard Thompson's like probably my favorite guitar player, and uh, and like Richard uh, and then like Ron Sexsmith's at least first two albums or something from back in the nineties. Well, for him to be your favorite guitar player should be a high compliment because John is definitely one of the best guitar players in Mid Missouri, in my opinion. Oh, thanks. Um, he's. There's tons of them i know there's there's a lot of great there's a lot of great guitar players and that's why i think for me personally i think that you're probably among the most versatile that we have in the scene because you can wail on some wicked good you know heavy rock guitar solos but you can also do the down home two-bit steve stuff to a t and uh you know it takes a lot of versatility to be able to do that and do it well and be able to uh, jump back and forth from style to style. And that's something that I talk a lot about with people that have been on the show and about part of what makes this scene special is that so many of the musicians do jump from genre to genre and band to band. And, I mean, you're you're probably the best avatar 
for the for that 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 idea that uh, the Columbia scene is really indicative of a lot of uh, folks that are that are in a lot of different bands. I mean, you've been in so many <laughs> different bands. Like you, you started listing them off, but you, I don't even think we we hit all of them. I'm sure there's <laughs> there's more. So we get to you releasing Everyday Nowhere. When did that actually get released? We were going to have our CD release at the local fest when, when, when that April 4th, but then of course that got all canceled like a couple weeks before, two or three weeks before. So we just, um, but it's been online before that. So we haven't had like an official CD release where we can like sell them in the, at the clubs and stuff like for, but, uh, we've, we may have actually sold more than we usually do. Cause I've been saying I'll mail some to people and you can't really get people to buy CDs at gigs. Like they're, they're spending their money on beer and stuff. And not many people have CDs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to bring up when the album was supposed to go out. Cause I knew it was right about the time that we hit this COVID-19 situation. And you're actually my first guest that I've had live, but, uh, since COVID hit, the scene essentially uh because whenever i first started the show i wanted to get really built out with my interviews and get get you know get get way ahead of my get basically get a lot of work done so i wasn't you know running to catch up and it was kind of a double-edged sword because i got six interviews in the can uh and so many of every single interview i took place a good three weeks at very least before covid19 actually really broke out and that's good. Though. We're actually recording this, you know, just the week before your episode is going to come out. So you're not only the first person that I've had on the show uh, that's that's you know within the the couple weeks of whenever the show is actually going to air, but also the first guest I've had since this hit. Part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is because of some of the songs that you wrote whenever COVID-19 broke out. Now, last week we had our uh, quarantine special on the Big Money Music Hour where we featured uh, one of John's songs, uh, I Am Essential. And that song, as soon as I heard it, I just it, it was the first one that I saw that was really reflexive of what was happening, really clever. I, and it really just, I, I loved it. It's such a great tune. And, um, you know, it seems like you're really prolific, like you're writing a lot, even prior to when this happened. But, uh, and then you also went and released the song that we played earlier, uh, the Coronavirus Blues, that, which can be heard now on Spotify. So since you are the first guest that I've had since coronavirus broke out what has this experience been like for you obviously you've uh, been able to utilize music as a uh, facet of of being able to work some of these these things out but beyond just having to have your uh, show pushed back and when in your cd release um, what do you think about this new landscape that we're entering in as musicians where there's a new importance placed on the virtual world and how people consume music yeah you and you've seen it uh especially like the first like three weeks and still till now all your musician friends are like streaming online and stuff which i did for like the first four fridays or so until like 
got tired of putting on pants and thinking of <laughs> not that you have to you can just film yourself yeah, no you don't have to put on <laughs> pants whatever you you have the online video obviously you didn't get that memo <laughs> sweatpants but, jammy pants yeah totally fine <laughs> i did pajama pants they were black no one could <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's that and the streaming ever you can see everybody i mean famous people are streaming now too and which is uh and we don't know when it's going to get better i mean well they said live music could happen in missouri starting what this week or was it last monday or something oh yeah it was like but yeah no, nobody wants to do that <laughs> thanks governor parson <laughs> thanks for letting us do that We're, we'll get right on it <laughs> Blue Notes yeah. booking up their schedule right as we speak. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is is we we don't know yeah. when things are going to return to normal when it comes to music. And it's funny, <laughs> you see, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've seen a back and forth, not just when it comes to creative, creative endeavors like music, but... You know, whenever this first started, it was like, oh, here's your opportunity to finish that novel that <laughs> you've always been putting off. And then two weeks later, you see it's stuff like, it's okay if I'm not yeah. doing the novel. I'm dealing with a pandemic that's really stressful. Okay? And I'm, I'm not trying to say that voice to, to downplay this. Obviously... This has been terrible, yeah. absolutely awful for, for everybody. And we're all just trying to do our best. Luckily, at least in Boone County and mid-Missouri, uh, you know, I, I think it's a credit to what's been happening at the city and the county level and also just the overall responsibility, social responsibility of people that live here. Our numbers are, are, are pretty good. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I feel slightly more comfortable with how the, there's there's slight openings of certain things here than if we were living in, in other places. But, yeah. you know, all the same music and uh, those those types of gatherings. Um, we're going to have to get real creative <laughs> <laughs> in terms of trying to find safe ways of, of doing that as we move forward. And, you know, I, I'm and it's my hope, you know, we have Peddler's Jamboree and Roots and Blues happening, yeah. you know, this late later in the summer and early fall. And you know, I, I hope that that we can open things up enough to be able to do that. But there's so many unknowns right now. But yeah. the, the if there's one silver lining to it is that we've had a lot of good music come out of it. And even if it's been lo-fi coming streaming off of someone's microphone on their laptop you know we get great songs like coronavirus blues and i am essential and uh you, you also had a, a song with two a few songs you guys would you did with two bit steve featured oh, yeah. one of them last week on the quarantines uh episode yeah, we did a a backyard session or something with our masks on and kept our distance from each other we did about I don't know how many songs, at least yeah. seven or something, but yeah, we so we he put those all those up on um, YouTube. So yeah, they're they're great. And if uh, you haven't checked into Two Bit Steve and Stephen Onzagger's various projects, he's another <laughs> great great songwriter and and musician here in town. That he's John... been in like tons of bands for probably twenty five years or no thirty years or more, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys make a, you guys really work well together. It seems like the chemistry really works. <laughs> it's fun. It's, yeah, it's it's fun playing with Two Bit Steve. I, I don't, 
a lot of times I don't say I'm, I, I don't really have a lot of fun when I'm doing my stuff because I'm just thinking, oh, I want this to be good. I'm singing, I'm playing guitar. So, I, But with 2-Bit Steve, I just go play guitar and, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, well, and just, just have fun. Molly Healy talked about that a lot too, is that she, because she's put a new focus on her solo career, that and she's not just that great musician that sits in with all the bands. She uh, really appreciates the moments when she can just go jam and oh, not have yeah. to focus on, you know, playing <laughs> playing guitar part, which isn't her natural instrument, you know, and, and driving the force of the, the the song. Plus, looping like five things at at once or something, whatever she's <laughs> yeah. doing: vocals, cello, violin, guitar. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Not me, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, but I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, get on that, John. Where's that looping oh, station? Oh man. <laughs> but one thing I did that has helped. I mean, people. Once we all started isolating ourselves, I did start to record, learn how to record myself now. So I started recording some of those corona songs last weekend and i'm trying to do that this week i mean it's we're just uh entering a whole new diy world for musicians essentially you're listening to the big money music hour and we are sitting here with our guest tonight john galbraith who uh has just released a new album in the last few weeks called everyday nowhere and we're going to play one of his tracks right now Playing original music, it's Lazy Susan by John Galbraith Trio on the Big Money Music Hour. Get up now, Lazy Susan, start another day. Get up now, Lazy Susan, be on your way. Wherever you go, you live in no So far. Hello now, lazy Susan, wherever you are. And all that you do, not too much now, it's true, but you don't care. And all that you've done is never good for no one now, anywhere. Lazy Susan, what are you doing now? Get up now, lazy Susan. 
that was Lazy Susan by John Galbraith Trio on the Big Money Music Hour, and I want to thank my guest, John Galbraith, for being on tonight. One of the bright, shining lights in the Missouri music scene, in my opinion. Uh, we, you know, we talked about uh, what a great guitar player you are, but you're a really great songwriter, too, Thanks. and uh, everything so you put you. out. I just heard one. Well, 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 thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, but no, man. Thank, thanks for coming on, and you. Uh, you know, you're you're just another an, another aspect of what makes this scene special. So, thanks for joining us on the Big Money Music Hour. Thanks for having me. All right. Once again, I want to thank John Galbraith for being our guest this week. I'm out of time, folks. I had a wonderful time as always. I hope you did as well. Make sure you find us on social media, like our pages, give us a follow on Instagram. On behalf of LV Creative and KBIA, this is Colin Laveau, the Shameless Voice, signing off. The Big Money Music Hour, presented by Les Bourgeois Vineyards, is produced by LV Creative and KBIAFM, an NPR station broadcasting from Columbia, Missouri. The show is hosted, written, and edited by Colin Laveau. Theme song written by Pat Kay. Outro song written by Crip Trip. Videographer is Matt Matlack of LV Creative, co-produced by Kyle Felling, Mike Dunn, and Alicia Laveau. For more Big Money Music Hour content, be sure to subscribe to the Big Money Music Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts.